Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Vinir will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I am here with Jordy Wardman. Jordy is the host of the Big Break Software Podcast that interviews software company founders, uh, software as a service owners, and app builders, angel investors, and more. He started five companies, sold three, and still running two of them. He has a team of 45 people and growing. He lives in Switzerland, works from home and skis 100 days a year, running all his businesses. He's a true remote CEO. So Jordi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Daniero. I'm, I'm excited to chat about uh, uh, being a lifestyle entrepreneur and being a remote CEO. It's something I definitely know something about. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for being here today and talking to us about this amazing topic. And as I ask every single one of my guests, can you give us a bit of a background about what you were doing before you became an entrepreneur and what made you start on this journey? Yes, definitely. So um, my background is not being uh, like a, uh, I'm a software engineer now. I, I loosely say that because I mostly do sales and marketing, but I'm technical enough to sort of maybe just get by on, on um, you know, like talking the lingo. Um, but I, I actually come from a firefighting background. Um, and so now when I'm seeing all this stuff happening in in the U.S., in California, in Oregon, and in Washington, is exactly what I used to be doing. And so, all my friends, some of my friends that I used to work with, I'm writing them and, and seeing how they are. And um, but actually, I kind of missed that a little bit. This it only happens when the big fires are happening. But um, yeah. eventually, uh, while I was doing that, I realized it's not so great for uh, being, you know, raising a family because you're gone a lot. Uh, the best fire years are, you know, the ones where you're basically gone for six months. Um, and yeah. so I knew that that wasn't a great way to settle down. So I shifted uh, into becoming a programmer and I was mm -hmm. working, I'm from Bermuda. Uh, so I was working, I moved to Bermuda um, and, and to take a software programming job. And, um, and I was there for probably about four years in this position. And I realized I didn't like it. Um, and so I, it was the office politics and things like that. And also what I realized was, um, you know, while I was a decent programmer, I saw that my heart wasn't really into it. And I, I saw that there was people that were always going to be better than me at it. And, and because they had real passion for it and I didn't. Um, so I started a little side hustle. Um, and it was at the time it was Bermuda shorts. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I was selling them into the U S 
there was Bermuda shorts in Bermuda, but it, I realized that the American market um, didn't really have any good Bermuda shorts. They thought they had Bermuda shorts, but they weren't really like real Bermuda shorts. And so being a mm -hmm. proud Bermudian, I said, well, I'm going to show the Americans real Bermuda <laughs> shorts. So, you know, so that's what I did. And they were very popular. Um, and, and I did really well. And it's a lot of fun. Um, but with that it was the way I had structured that business. Um, I took a, a large loan out from the bank. So basically every year I had to come up and I had to redo that loan. And so it was like kind of one of these things that this, this, I saw that the business wasn't structured. It was going to be very difficult for me uh, to, um, you know, sort of grow the business without and pay myself what I needed to pay in Bermuda because it's an expensive place. Uh, so I started another business um, and I sold that one at basically at the same time. And believe it or not, I was still working my, my full-time job at that time. So that was a very uh, crazy and stressful time. Um, but when I sold that business and I started the new one, I, I basically it was all at the same time. So I sold the business, started the new one. I had, um, I did okay uh, when I sold the business. And so it gave me enough of a runway so that I could um, start the new business and leave my job. So that was essentially how I got to where I am now. Um, and as you mentioned in the beginning of the show, I've subsequently gone on and uh, started a few more companies and I've sold them. And I'm now doing software development, uh, which is mm. something that really is well suited to my, both my lifestyle and uh, my skill set. Um, so I think I'm going to probably stay in software now for, you know, sort of the next 15 years. That's super cool. You said a couple of things that really hit home. The first thing that really uh, stood out to me was the fact that you were saying, you know, for as much as you're trying to work in your development uh, at, at your developer job, you, there's always going to be people that are going to do better than you because they had uh, more passion about it. So mm -hmm. that's, that's actually very interesting. And, uh, and also the fact that like you really started like bootstrapping now with, with your, with your Bermuda uh, business, um, like at the very beginning, uh, did you have any staff members or were you just like flipping no. shorts? Were you making them at home? How was that going so, for you? Yeah. So, um, I basically was definitely bootstrapped. I did a friends and family. Um, I did a friends and family loan to get the first thing I had to do is you get some protos prototypes. So, um, okay. there's nothing made in Bermuda. It's basically an Island. There's no resources there. So we went to yeah. China. Um, but the idea at the time was, um, I wanted to have a mix between like a surf, you know, like a soft microfiber that you could wear as like a surf trunk and a Bermuda yeah. short. So I basically took like a, if you can imagine like a quicksilver microfiber yeah. uh, board short and, and merged it into Bermuda shorts um, that had pleats and were really nice. So you could, the idea was that you, it was active so that you could travel, you could go swimming uh, and then you could show up at the yacht club and still, you know, be accepted in. That was sort of the idea. Yeah. Um, and, and it was really, it was a huge hit and I wore them all the time because I used to wear linen Bermuda shorts while I was traveling and they were terrible because yeah. they get wet and then they take hours to dry. So I got a prototype built. Um, I went to uh, a trade show in Orlando, Florida. It was like this big show and, and, and I, you know, it was, it was kind of, a, you know, for, at the time it was a lot of money. It's probably two, 
2,500 or something, but I basically showed up with like, you know, like four um, prototypes. I strung up a clothesline and I hung out the shorts and I had a Bermuda flag. And it was like the most oh ridiculous, God. low budget uh, thing. That, and, you know, it was sort of, I was put back and I had the cheap stalls, you know, so I was sort of put back yeah. in the room and all the big buyers were going around looking at, you know, whatever the big, Tommy Bahama and all the big guys were in yeah. the front. And by the time, you know, they got to me, they were just sort of, I was just sort of an afterthought. Um, but I was there for like two or three days and I got a couple of big accounts, like some, you know, for at the time I got some nice accounts and yeah. I didn't, I didn't have any inventory at that time. So I used these guys who said, uh, listen, let's place an order. And so I used that to sort of uh, launched the business. So I, I basically, let's say if I wrote like 25,000 in, uh, in business, I could go to the bank with that. And I had them, the guys prepaid me for something. So maybe I took a 50% deposit or something. And, uh, I got enough from that, that I was able to launch the business. And that's essentially how I uh, launched my entrepreneurial career. And I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but you know, I just knew that I couldn't work in that office. That's, that yeah. was what was driving me. That's a super inspiring story, man. Honestly, like traveling to Orlando and getting that booth and, uh, and kind of like figuring it out as you go, which is really the mentality of a lot of entrepreneurs, which is great. Um, yeah. You've got so many businesses under your belt, um, five. Uh, now, I do want to really focus, though, on what you're doing right now. So your focus right now is software as a service. So... Um, for those of you at home that have been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I used to work for one, but I want to make sure that everyone that's listening understands what software as a service is and why it is a great model. Can you explain that, Jordy? Yeah. So a software as a service is basically any software that runs as a monthly service. That's the model that, that, that I'm interested in. So for example, like Adobe Photoshop, if you remember back uh, when they first got going, they were a service that you would you would buy uh, the software for say two hundred dollars, and that's a one time fee. And I don't really like that. I like the monthly recurring. So they uh, switched to a monthly. Um, I think it's nineteen dollars now or twenty four or whatever. So um, the the reason that that is nice because it's a low sort of threshold of pain to get into it, but people may stay on for four or five years using that. So uh, in the end, Adobe makes a lot more money um, by keeping that client at a low monthly. Um, so that's a software so Netflix, um, Google, you know, like Gmail if you're paying for it. Um, so these monthly recurring softwares. That 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 base essentially uh, recur on a monthly basis. That's what software as a service is. Mm -hmm. And it's a great model. So right now, can you really like explain? Because here's the thing: I know that a lot of people think that in order for you to start a company, whenever they think about uh, software as a service, startup in general, they need to get investors and and inject millions of dollars of capital into you know a big office and hiring staff and all that great. stuff you know, great, you know, stuff that people talk about, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Actually, there's a lot of businesses start very small. So how uh, big of an investment do you need to create a software as a service? And what do you need at the very beginning to start uh, getting the machine running? 
I think you need to have, I, 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 what I tell my clients, I've got three software as a service that I run myself, plus I build them for other people. So I know very well, like how to do these lean. So I've started some, I've spoke to a girl, by the way, um, she's not one of my clients, but she started a software as a service for $500. Um, wow. And this was a, uh, something like a Facebook lead gen tool um, that was very simple and like converted it from a spreadsheet or something like that. So you can start with as little as $500. I believe now she's doing around 30,000 a month. So she's doing great is probably 18 months um, into it. Um, I'm building a, another software as a service that, that I'll probably do for less than 10,000. Um, and I've also know people and I've built softwares, softwares as a service for in the five to $10,000 range. It's generally uh, what, what you can do. Now you got to think it's, it's solving like a core problem, right? So it's not, there's not, it's not fancy. There's it's the, you know, so you need to have a core problem. Um, and for, let's say, for example, um, one of my software as a service uh, does reviews for music teachers. Um, and so um, the core problem is that it needs to get reviews and, and also stop bad reviews. Um, mm -hmm. It works for any type of business, generally like small, um, you know, anyone that has basically Google reviews where Google reviews or Facebook reviews are important. But I decided to focus on music businesses because it's a niche and so that is another thing that you should know a niche um a niche um market that you that you, at least if you don't know it very well it helps if you know it but you don't need to know it you have a few people that are telling you that the problem is bad enough that they would pay you and that because there's nothing out there that solves their problem um, and so yes. for, for me, what I, what I try to do is I ask my clients, like, is there anyone right now that would pay you before this thing is built, um, you know, at least six months in advance um, so that you know um, that this problem is, is bad enough? Because it's, it's one thing that's, oh, I know this is a problem. I'm going to build it and then I'm going to try and sell it. What I like to do is try and sell it before um, it's even created because I have a lot more freedom first of all, to say, well, can it do this? And if the software is already built, I can say, well, no, it doesn't do that. But if the software is not built, I can say, yeah, I can do that. I haven't built it yet. I can make it do whatever you want. So it's a lot easier to sell before it's built. Um, and so uh, people are like, well, I can't do that. It's not ethical. It's like, of course it is. You know, you, you, you go out to them, say, is this a problem? How bad of a problem is it? Um, and they say, well, it's a bad enough problem that, um, you know, for example, uh, I've had people, one guy told me that he had three hotels on the Mexican U.S. border uh, and he was losing $75,000 a month from some bad reviews on one of his hotels because they were on the border and those, you know, there was all that violence happening. And so um, mm. if he could get some good reviews to push down those bad reviews, he, you know, so he was basically like, well, how much would you pay me if I could fix this problem for you? It's like, what do you think? I mean, I'll pay you like five grand a month or something. And so I got him, um, I got him to give me some money and that's how I funded this, this project. And I subsequently moved in a different direction, but um, I still have those types of clients using the software. Um, mm -hmm. So 
so that's that's um yeah so you can build a software as a service for as, as little as sort of six to seven thousand dollars for sure and of course if you do have a uh, a coding background a development uh, developing background that's a different story but i guess like you would have to hire people so do you hire people on contract at the beginning or do you need to take on a full-time staff or a part-time staff what do you yeah suggest so all, i usually i generally take um take uh, like an agency because um, you know they can if I if I pay them five thousand say or ten thousand whatever it is um, if if I start a, a service with them uh, they build it they focus and then after they can support me but for much cheaper right if there's a bug I go to them I don't have to employ them full time. Um, and generally, I don't think you need a technical co-founder. I'm not technical. I mean, I'm not, a I don't do any coding now myself. No. Um, so I go out and I find these guys. Now I, of course, have my own team. And so they're building my software. Um, and and, and they, that's what I use. And I use some of the agency revenues to now build some of the software that I'm making right now. And that's mm -hmm. my model. It sounds like you're into real estate. Um, and so... What what I'm into is like building these software as a service because it's very similar to like a real estate uh, model where you're getting monthly revenues and uh, you know like I can go travel and that money is still coming in. Um, so it's mm -hmm. it's essentially passive if I have a support team and stuff supporting the clients. For sure. Very, very interesting. And um, you got 45 employees and growing right now. And the focus of our podcast is really to help people go from solopreneur, freelancer mentality to really start scaling a team. At the very beginning, I always tell my clients start with like contract workers and then mm -hmm. get into part time and then full time. But at this point, working from home or remotely like you're doing right now, how do you manage your remote team? How is your everyday schedule looking like right now? So what I do is um, we have Slack, which to me is like way back. Do you use Slack? I personally don't, but uh, go well, ahead. Some, I, I used yeah. it in the past, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Slack is something for a remote team, I think is is the best tool. It's better than Zoom. It's better than email. Um, I love Slack. And it's just because it, it, it segments your conversations. Um, so you can have a chat with these two people on the team and, um, and, and then you have some other contractors here. And then, so it's really great. So essentially it's just like, I, I, I imagine it's like, you know, sort of poking your head in, in, if you're in the office and you poke your head and you open the door and say, Hey, do you have a second? You know, it's sort of that sort of a, uh, thing. So you can start chatting with people in real time, or you can ask a question, you go off uh, and have lunch and you come back and that question is answered. So that's, uh, I would say 80 does 80% 80 of the heavy lifting is slack. Now, one of the things that's pretty key is a week is a weekly meeting. So generally, even if this person, I have a contractor that's probably working no more than two, three hours a week for me, but I meet with her every Monday at the same time. It's like 15 minutes. How did the week go? Do you have, you know, what did you get done? Is there anything that you need from me? Um, and so weekly meetings, you know, and I don't have a lot of them. Um, and, and then 
for the really important stuff like my dev teams, I, I even have daily standups. I'm moving away from that. So I now have a project lead that does daily standups, but I ask him to post in Slack every day. What did you get accomplished? Not what did you do? What did you get accomplished? Because there's a huge difference. <laughs> yes. and, and what problems are you having and how can I, you know, sort of unblock those? Is there any questions um, that you have? Uh, that can unblock those problems that can help you move forward so that nothing is like, you know, we don't go a week and be like, oh, well, I couldn't do that. It's like, why? Uh, oh, well, because you need to do this for me. I don't have a login or something. It's like, you know, like, we should have told me that. So um, so the daily standups are really good and it can be 15 minutes. Um, and that's yeah. a, that's that's sort of an agile methodology, but you could really use that for, you know, a content writing business, SEO, whatever, you know. Yeah, 100%. Listen, I want to talk about lifestyle design. We haven't, uh, I mean, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that you are in Switzerland right now and you're skiing quite a bit, uh, but I definitely want to talk about this because the whole, you know, mentality between, like behind a remote CEO uh, that, that I'm creating the show and the academy is that you really want to create a lifestyle that suits you, like what you want to do. And I think you are really like living this exact <laughs> dream for about 15 years, you said. So can you give us or the listeners at home at least a couple of tips on how to create the lifestyle of your dreams and really like learn how to chase what you really want and not what other people tell you you should chase? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing that I've learned um, uh, creating a lifestyle is, is delegating really. Uh, I've gotten very good at delegating. So I've sort of got a team now, like, um, well, I obviously have a team, but it's almost like a network. Like if there's small things, so one of the big things that I've discovered is tracking time. So um, I actually am building an app um, right now to do, cause I started to do this on a spreadsheet. And then I realized when I was telling people about this, they're like, oh my God, that's great. Can I, can you, can you, you know, can, can I use that? And so, um, so being a good software uh, entrepreneur, I actually am turning this into a SaaS. And, mm-hmm. um, but essentially what it does is you, you spend a few days um, basically tracking what you're doing, right? Let's, so let's say you're a freelancer, um, you're a content writer, uh, and you're good. And so you've got, you'd say you've got five, five clients. Um, and that's enough for you to sort of make a decent living. It's recurring. Um, so what you really do is you go out and you find, um, you track your time, see what you're doing. Uh, and if you're just basically writing all the time, you're not out there getting sales, right? So you can't really grow your business. Um, and if you're Canadian or whatever, I mean, there's great content writers. The guy I use is out of Kenya. Um, Mm -hmm. and he's, you know, his, cost of living is a lot lower than mine in Switzerland. So there's, Mm -hmm. I have no business writing my own articles. Mm -hmm. So if I was writing my own articles, I would actually put a dollar amount on that time. So let's say like, let's say I pay myself uh, whatever it is, let's say it's 10,000 a month. Um, And so if I spend an hour on that, that would approximately come out to be about $60 per hour that I spent on that, that I could have been doing a much higher leverage activity. So he said, well, this is $60. I can pay this guy $15 to write that same article. I just gave myself, you know, that, that extra time. So now I'm, instead of doing that writing, I'm actually going out and, and doing higher leverage activities, which is, 
you know, uh, podcasting or, you know, cause, uh, or, um, uh, on the, on the phone talking to get clients. Um, Same. so that's basically what I've done is now my whole day is, um, should I be doing this? No delegate. Should I be doing this? Um, can I automate it? Yeah, um, so essentially like my whole day now is I've been doing this for about five months. Um, and it's become basically very, very efficient. And I have gotten laser focused on how I can, uh, grow. That's how I've been able to essentially grow to 40, 45 develop, you know, a team of 45. And this business is only two years old. Uh, I started as a solopreneur two years ago. Uh, yeah. and I, and I didn't know anything. I'm not even a programmer. So yeah. I started my own software agency, grown it to, to 45 people in two years by ba essentially delegating and automating everything that I do. So that the only thing that I'm doing is a high leverage activity, which is, you know, getting clients and closing deals and, and then giving the deal to my team. Yeah, for sure. It's a very interesting concept because, you know, time tracking has been around forever, but the idea of really like looking at how much your time is worth and then using that to calculate how many, you know, dollars you're really like wasting basically by doing yeah. activities that you could give to someone else is actually very, very interesting. Let me know when you launch that app. And well, I'm actually launching, but, but I'm launching next week, actually. And it's, it's <laughs> very reasonable. It's $15 a month and, and you know, yeah. anyone can afford that, you know? So, yeah. um, so, our, uh, I'll, I'll definitely give you the, uh, the link by the time this goes. Yeah. Out. And we'll put it in there. Yeah. We'll put it yeah. in the show notes. I'm sure For other sure. people will be interested that. in yeah. checking it yeah. out. Um, listen, for those that are, you know, about to scale their business, I want to have some actionable tips here. What are the two or three tips that, uh, or areas rather, um, what are the two to three areas that people should focus on when scaling the business? We were actually starting that conversation right now. So like, I'm, I'm assuming one is sales, but can you really talk about what are those high leverage activities that no entrepreneur should give up or automate or delegate because they are absolutely at the core of every successful entrepreneur. Yeah. I think it's gotta be sales. Um, you know, and a lot of people say, Oh, I don't like sales. And, um, you know, I, unfortunately I would argue if you don't like sales, I mean, maybe you shouldn't be an entrepreneur, you know, cause <laughs> you're, you're, you're always selling something and sell, sales is not scary. It's not a hard sell, right? Like, but it's just talking to people and build, and relationship building. So whether I go to investors, I'm selling myself, right? So that, you know, I'm, I'm selling an idea and it doesn't have to be like buy my thing. You know, it's not like a hard over the head type of scene. If you don't like, I don't do hard sales, right? I say, if it's not a good fit, that's fine. I don't care. I mean, you know, I have a conversation. This is what I do. You know, is there something going on? No, that's fine. I'll still help you. Um, you know, so it's, it's really about helping people, relationship building, staying in touch, being patient. Um, so I think sales is the biggest thing. And I, th I, for me, I'm a big, like on the phone guy. So just talking, like, you know, I mean, we're talking, right. It's easy. You yeah. know, you do it every day. That's really what I feel sales is. Marketing is very, very important. You, I don't think the entrepreneur necessarily has to be a marketer, but you should have someone on the team or a good, a really good contractor. Cause marketing is the other leg that's, that's huge. And, you know, um, and there's plenty of online businesses that would have actually do very well just from marketing. 
um, because this, the, the price point is so small, you don't really need to have a salesman selling something that's $15 or $19, you know, a month or whatever it is. So um, that would be more marketing. But those are the activities. If you're not a marketer, um, I would argue that your time is better spent learning marketing and sales than actually doing fulfillment. I'd rather see you mm. fulfill with, you know, outsource your fulfillment and get into sales and marketing because that's essentially the lifeblood of the business. A hundred percent. Well, Jordy, we had an amazing conversation. I want to talk uh, about future projects. I mean, like you said that you're going to stay in the software as a service world for quite a bit. And I was wondering, you know, what are you working on right now? Of course, this app that you just mentioned, but is there anything yeah. else in the pipeline that uh, you're excited about? Yeah, so I'm building another one. It's just going to be for software developers, but it's a lead gen tool that I'm building. It basically goes out um, to Twitter and social media and forums and it, it finds um, you know, for, let's say, for example, someone says, uh, does anyone know a good de web development team? You know, and so I would get that and write them an email and say, hey, I heard you were looking for software development. Wow. Guess what I do? You know, so so that's that's a tool that I'm building. Um, my, my, my goal is I'm building sort of a software as a service private equity uh, firm right now. So the software development um is, is sort of half my business and, and then the software as a service is the other half. That's sort of the direction that I'm going uh, the next sort of 15 years or two years into it. I'm very excited about the direct, you know, software, anyone can do it, you know? So um, I love talking about software ideas. If anyone wants to give me a call and talk about an idea they have, um, this is like what I do you know, all day long, I could talk about it. So um, I encourage anyone that's listening to feel free to, to give me a shout. Awesome, awesome. Jordi, this conversation has been super interesting and I'm sure my listeners want to check out your apps and everything else that you're doing. So where can people find you online? Okay, so um, I can be found at onestopdevshop.io and the, uh, the time tracking app can be found at TikTok Labs, not like TikTok, the Chinese company, it's T-I-C-K. T O C K lab.com. And that will be launched here in a week or two. Um, yeah. The, either one of those is where you can find me. All right. Awesome. And thank you again so much for being on the show. And I'm looking forward to having you back in the future. Talk Good. to you soon. I'd love to come back on anytime. And this is it for today. CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.